Hello, welcome and thanks for tuning in to Sound Living, the British Society of Lifestyle Medicine podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Helen Lawal, Regional Director for the BSLM and an NHS GP. Now the internet is swamped with the latest health trends and confusing advice. In this podcast, we are dedicated to bringing you reliable information based on facts and research to inspire and support you to improve your health and well-being. Hello and welcome to another episode of the BSLM podcast. And today we're going to be talking about pregnancy. So pregnancy, it's quite a big topic. So really, um, we're going to be focusing on three main areas, and that's exercise in pregnancy, mental health and well-being and sleep. And as someone who's recently gone through the journey of pregnancy myself, having just given birth to a baby boy, I can definitely vouch and say that pregnancy is a time of great change, physical change and emotional change as well. And I'm joined by a very special guest today who is on that pregnancy journey at the moment. She's 35 weeks pregnant and that's Dr. Julie Gray. Julie, thank you for joining us today. You're most welcome. Nice to be here. And congratulations. I was just about to say the same to you. Congratulations for you. Thank you. So you're 35 weeks pregnant now? I am indeed, yes. Yep, it's uh, getting getting close. And are you well into the swing of maternity leave? I just started this week, so starting to nest as much as I can with a toddler running around the house in lockdown, but it's going okay so far. And normally when you're not on maternity leave, you are, of course, a GP and one of uh, our fellow regional directors for the BSLM and you're based in Aberdeen. That's correct. Yeah. So I work in a quite a big, busy city centre practice in Aberdeen. I've been a partner there for about eight, nine years now. Um, since having a little boy, I do six sessions a week and then some out of hours and yeah, I've had special interest in lifestyle medicine. So found myself in that role up in the northeast of Scotland. And I feel like if there's anyone who practices what they preach, it's you because you're normally very, very physically active, aren't you? And you've come from a very sporty background. Tell us more about that. So I've, I've always been into sports. Um, historically, my main sport was swimming. And then throughout my teens and then university years, I just, I guess, dabbled a bit in gym work and things like that. But I think my main interest laterally has been triathlon. That's really just come about in the last probably two to three years, Um, inspired by my husband who got into it about four years ago. And I was getting dragged around the world, actually, watching him do lots of events um helping him with his training and that I sometimes had to drop him off pick him up if his bike broke and after a while I thought you know what I'm going to give this a bash as well so I gave it a shot um I had a lot of personal reasons for doing it as well as um I had a few difficult things had happened a few tragedies in life and I was trying to find an outlet for that sort of energy and a coping strategy and for me it was channeling that energy into endurance sports and it's just I've I've absolutely fallen in love with it so um so yeah so I've been competing now for a couple of years and in the last year I've um, completed two half Ironman um and absolutely love it and tell us a bit about the Ironman for anyone listening that doesn't know what it is So an Ironman, um, well, a half distance Ironman um, consists of, it's a triathlon, so it's still a swim, bike and run. 
the swim component is about 1.2 kilometres and most of the events are open water, so it's out in the sea. The cycling component is 90 kilometres. When you come out the water, you have to strip off your wetsuit, get on the bike and do however long it takes you to complete that. And then once you finish the cycle, you then have to run a half marathon. So That sounds full on. Yes. Um, I've not had the guts to do a full distance yet, hopefully one day, but um, my husband does. So, um, And I've seen the pain he's gone through for that. So I haven't quite mustered up the, the courage for a full distance yet. So, but I've done half ones and um, really enjoyed it. But it's been parked for now because of baby number two on the way. And I'm guessing you've had to wind things down. And I guess that's a, a good place to start really with, you know, is it safe to continue exercising in pregnancy for women who are already quite physically active as you are? Absolutely. Um, And I think that's one of the important things for people to know is that you don't have to stop everything abruptly. You can keep going and there's so much evidence to show that that is beneficial for both the mother and for the baby from so many different aspects, not just your physical health. um, From It it helps minimise complications of pregnancy. And it's also great for your mental health during the pregnancy as well. So if you're already doing it, the answer is yes, but you do have to make some modifications uh, for sure. Things that you would have to modify would be from a safety aspect. So, for example, I would have previously done a lot of road biking and I made the decision once I found I was pregnant that I wasn't going to go back out on the road. And that's just a safety aspect. But there are adaptations you can make, like train in your garage, you know, if you've got turbo trainer, things like that. Um, and the second thing is, is to, I guess, have a bit of acceptance that, especially if you're into endurance sports, you quite like numbers, you quite like charting things, you quite like monitoring things, just accepting that that's going to change. Your fitness is going to change. You know, your physiology is changing. Your joints and your ligaments are getting more lax. So you might find that things get a bit more uncomfortable. So still keep going, but listen to your body, pull it back a little bit. And yeah, just try and keep as active as you can. That's a really important message, isn't it? Listen to your body. And I guess life gets really busy and we forget to do this in general, whether we're pregnant or not, but especially in pregnancy, it's really important to listen to your body. And if something doesn't feel right physically, or you just don't feel comfortable, then then to ease off most definitely. Absolutely. And is there anything during pregnancy, so again, we're talking about women who are already physically fit, that they should definitely avoid doing? Any high-risk sports that that would potentially result in trauma. So, for example, uh, I, I made the decision to stop going on the road bike because I'm out with, you know, that sadly cars are not always that supportive of cyclists on the road. So you just don't take any risks of, you know, a situation where you could fall off a bike. So that obviously applies to even more extreme sports where you could fall, hurt yourself, traumatise the baby, traumatise yourself. So, yeah, you, you do need to sort of rein it in a little bit with perhaps sort of snow sports. Um, we know also as well from a physiological point of view, things like scuba diving, that can pose a bit of a risk from, you know, your cardiovascular system so so any high risk sports you do need to to rein it in tailor it adapt it certainly from a safety point of view but most strength conditioning and 
moderate intensity kind of cardiovascular exercises are safe to continue. And if um, a pregnant lady is hoping to start to become physically active during her pregnancy, so perhaps she's feeling more motivated than ever, you know, it's it's a time for change. It's an extra reason to, to try and get healthy is having, growing a baby inside you. What's the advice there for somebody starting exercise for the first time during their pregnancy? Like one of the first things that I would recommend for ladies who are completely starting for, from scratch is either do a bit of background re- reading or get some advice if you don't know where to start. But I would also reassure them that it's very, very safe and there's lots of evidence to support that it's one of the best times to actually start and initiate getting into exercise you really need to start off slowly as you would with any kind of new physical activity start off slowly and build it up so have realistic expectations that that first day that you participate in it you may not be able to go for very long or you may feel like you haven't achieved much but that little bit is just the first rung of the ladder and then you can build on it and build on it and build on it so probably just starting off with something maybe two to three times a week for perhaps 20-30 minutes and enough to just get that heart rate up a little bit um, and that's what we were often referring to when we're, we're talking about moderate intensity it's about still being able to hold a conversation but getting that heart beating faster and one of the things I often tell um, people is to actually think about the, the the talk test or the song test sometimes referring to where your heart is maybe beating enough and your breathing is heavy enough that you can still maintain a conversation but you might not be able to belt out one of your favorite tunes without a few interruptions so that's often a good indication that you're working a bit harder than what you would be rest and of course as your pregnancy progresses and the bump becomes bigger and um you know everything changes in the body you might find that something at the beginning of your pregnancy um that didn't get you out of breath then really does begin to make you out of breath so you know you spoke there about building up exercise gradually and it can just be 10 minutes here and there even just carrying heavy shopping bags i know for me towards the end of my pregnancy that would get me really short of breath or pottering around in the garden or just walking down the street, even something before I wouldn't have even thought twice about at that time for me would get me short of breath. And, you know, so I think that's an important message as well to, to get across. Absolutely. And again, that goes back to listening to your body and knowing your limitations and um, listening to your body doesn't always have to be a negative thing and think, oh, I have to stop because it's, you know, pregnancy is a wonderful time to become really tuned into your body, tuned into that baby that's growing inside you. So just having a bit of respect for it and yeah, just being realistic with your expectations again with, you know, regards to when you experience these symptoms, it's not you failing, it's not you being unfit. It is that that wonderful baby you're growing inside you is just taking a lot out of you that particular day so yeah and you've mentioned there about starting gradually building up slowly if you're not already physically active or if you are maybe avoiding certain things and and how many minutes of exercise should we be aiming for during pregnancy to get all the physical and mental health benefits there certainly there's a lot of different evidence out there and there will be a lot of different um pieces of advice you find but in general for good health 
for anybody, and this applies for pregnancy and non-pregnant, what we want to be aiming to do is about two and a half hours a week of moderate intensity exercise to try and get that heart beating you know, things working a bit harder in our body, that's generally a good amount to aim for. So that's exercising if you want to divide it up maybe five times a week at just half an hour a day. But if that doesn't work with your routine, you can maybe do it less frequently for longer periods. Again, once you've managed to get that stamina up a wee bit. And let's talk specifically about some of the benefits. So I know that mental health is one of those. You know, we know that exercise outside of pregnancy can be great at improving our mood, boosting our mood. Does the same apply during pregnancy? Definitely. It still has the same benefits in that the the kind of hormones and endorphins that it releases has a positive effect on your mental health. And that also helps with things like uh, you're doing exercise will help with things like your ability to sleep better um also we know from regular exercise that has a, has a kind of chain reaction on your appetite and your desire for certain foods so you're going to then be more inclined to eat healthier when you incorporate exercise into your your day-to-day kind of journey throughout your pregnancy so it, it encompasses all these things for sure and generally people feel good about themselves after doing it you know, they they feel they have achieved something and they perhaps enjoy it and it can be used as an opportunity as well to get that time out from everything else that's going on you know we're still most women are still working through their pregnancies can be quite stressed have other things going on so that just few minutes half an hour hour here or there it just gives you that time to distract yourself engage in something else and feel much better when you when you you finish it you very very rarely hear anybody say that they regretted doing any exercise session they all feel good afterwards And I think the topic of mental health during pregnancy, it's a funny one because actually it's the time where there's often that pressure to feel really happy, you know, um, about being pregnant. But often, especially in the first trimester, it can be really difficult. So first of all, you're meant to keep it a secret. You're not allowed to share (laughs) it with anyone, which can be really difficult. And then there's the morning sickness. Mm -hmm. Um, So you've got to keep that to yourself and manage that quietly whilst carrying on with, with your job or looking after, you know, other children that you might have um and everything changes doesn't it um mm-hmm. your hormones are changing your body's physically starting to change um and I think it can be a really difficult time um and it can be a time of vulnerability I would say for from a mental health point of view I would completely agree with that, especially due to the fact that there is just a culture to not tell anybody about it. So you can feel quite isolated. Um, and, and, and many people have a partner that's going through that journey with them. But, you know, they, they often know even less. They don't know how to comfort you. They're not experiencing what you're going through. So so it can be quite terrifying from that point of view. And for all the reasons that you've mentioned, you can feel absolutely ghastly with morning sickness. Your sleep can be disrupted, but yet you've got to soldier on and try and act as everything were completely normal. And then you've got the anxiety of, especially if it's a first time pregnancy, of is it going to be okay? You know, um, I mean, there, there's so many women have had bad experiences. I'm, I'm one of those myself where I've, um, you know, had miscarriages and things and 
subsequent pregnancies then became quite overwhelming in the first trimester because it was that what if, what if, what if. And there's also so many different rules of what you should and you shouldn't do and how am I going to get through that night out and pretend that I'm drinking and people don't <laughs> second guess it. So, so yeah, there's so many emotions. And then, yeah, you're contending with the hormones as well. And mm. boy, they're hard sometimes. So <laughs> you cannot control those. Absolutely, yeah. It's a bit of a roller coaster, isn't it? It is indeed, yes. Yeah, so. And also... It- it's not just about being emotional and being hormonal. You know, depression can occur during pregnancy. Antenatal depression um, affects one in 10 women during pregnancy. And I was one of those women. And I found that exercise really helped me. But what else can women turn to during that time to help support their mental well-being? You've got lots of different resources that you can use in general anyway for anxiety, low mood, um, any of these sort of things and these apply both during and out with pregnancy but if you do feel that it is perhaps very much orientated around your pregnancy and you know a lot of your 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 perhaps your 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 mood your anxieties and your fears are very very much focused on that then getting in touch with people like your midwife would be one of the most important first point of calls to make we know that we can make a booking visit quite early on with them they generally encourage that about eight to ten weeks but if you were really struggling they will engage with you earlier so using your midwife or your GP and just telling them how you feel. Because although you can't shout it from the rooftops that you're pregnant, you can engage with these health professionals who know what you're going through to a point that they have a knowledge about it. And it's confidential. So so they would be your the probably the most sensible people to go to. But at the same time, if you're familiar with other resources, whether they're online or they're counsellors you've used in the past, you can certainly go back to them as well for that generic support on your mental health. Mm. And actually, as we're recording this podcast, we're doing so in lockdown. Mm. So I mean, this adds an additional layer of of stress to women who are are pregnant at the moment you know a lot of us are isolated from friends and family we don't have the same support mechanisms and coping mechanisms of being able to 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 be sociable and be around friends and family so have you got any advice for women like yourself who are pregnant during this these unprecedented times and during this really difficult challenging time that we're all facing I do yeah I mean the the important things to remember are that you're not alone every pregnant woman in in the UK anyway and obviously different countries are doing differently are all going through the same so first of all think about how you can maybe connect with them now I, I always am a bit hesitant and I'm cautious about promoting using social media platforms to a point, but there are some good resources out there. There are some good, say, you know, Facebook groups. So so use these with caution to connect with other people. Perhaps use that to maybe connect with other people locally. Other things to remember are whilst one of the anxiety provoking things for ladies is that the antenatal care is some feel it's being withdrawn slightly. It isn't. It it just is that perhaps some of the appointments are now being done more remotely via telephone call. Um, perhaps a risk assessment has been done and someone who was meant to get several scans have had those reduced slightly. So, th- so you can feel a bit neglected in that sense. But 
to remember that your midwife is still there. They're still on the end of a phone and you may not be able to always have that face-to-face consultation with your midwife, your GP, but they are still there for you. So contact them if you're still struggling because many of them are set up to talk to each other through videos, through telephones. Some areas are still running antenatal classes, again, through videos. So, So use those resources as well. Um, and then other things, again, are just if you one one really good resource just now is the NHS Inform website. If you actually go onto that website, there are so many links to different, um, I guess, self-help programs, um, access to online CBT, which is cognitive behavioural therapy for anyone who's not familiar with it. And there are so many different resources and you can pick one that's tailored to what difficulties you're going through. And then also use technology, you know. It's quite daunting for many people, but a lot of people are getting the hang of it now of, you know, FaceTime, Zoom calls. And um, my 95-year-old granny's doing it now. It's great. So That is impressive. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so, so use all these things to still t- stay in touch with the rest of the world. You don't have to lock yourself away in your four walls. And yeah, we might not be able to get in our cars and drive to see people, but we can still communicate with people, and you can still confide and and, and tell them how you're feeling when um, through these these um, different mediums. Mm, yeah, staying connected more important now than ever. Yep, absolutely. And also thinking about beyond pregnancy, once um, once baby arrives, you know, you're going to want and need that support. And I started my antenatal classes outside of lockdown and we now have a WhatsApp group with the other parents. Um, and that's a really great source of support. And we have regular Zoom calls. And I think it's important to put the, the things in place now that you'll need to support you um, once baby arrives as well. So thinking slightly ahead as well. Definitely. One thing I always recall was having a WhatsApp group with my antenatal um, group from um, when I had my little boy. And that was fantastic when you were up feeding at three in the morning, because if you text somebody, guarantee there was someone else sitting there. someone else away. Yeah. And, and it just makes you feel that little bit better going, oh, I'm not the only one sitting up in the middle of the night feeling desperate for sleep. So it's, it's just that that solidarity of knowing that you're not on your own and other people are going through what you're absolutely um now I think I think it's really important that we move on to talk about sleep because that's a biggie I mean it's a biggie anyway in health in general isn't it insomnia and sleeping problems but pregnancy it's it's next level I know that I am towards the end of my pregnancy you're 35 weeks from around 35 weeks I was waking every one to two hours by the time you know baby arrived it can be really really tough why is sleep affected so much during pregnancy so I always like to think of it as three different areas that have an impact on your sleep during pregnancy. So we've got the psychological side of thing, which is just similar to what we've been speaking about, you know, anxiety, adjusting to, you know, what your body's going through and the what will happen, you know, the fear of oh, I'm going to become a parent. But you've also got the hormonal side of things, uh, which has a really big impact on your body. And then there's the physical discomfort. And that changes throughout each trimester, for sure. You know, the, 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 the physical side of things, you've got perhaps a breast tenderness and um, things like that in the first trimester. And, um, you know, I, I certainly am a front sleeper. And that became a pain in the neck because I couldn't lie on my front. So, <laughs> 
Um, and then as the pregnancy progresses, you've got the bump and trying to roll over in bed is uncomfortable. You're, 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 you get a lot of ligaments and muscle laxity, so you can get pelvic and back pain. Um, and then you can also get a lot of fluid retention caused by the, the higher levels of estrogen in your body. So that causes a bit of restless legs. Some ladies get carpal tunnel syndrome. Some people get really itchy. So, so there's those aspects as well. And then the, the last one that I mentioned was the hormonal side of things. And we know that just some of the hormones that are produced just have an effect on the, 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 the normal sleep cycle. And that's not something that you can control, actually. Um, it also, the hormones in your body relax the smooth muscle. So as a consequence... We need to pee lots. <laughs> so, um, so that can often disrupt people. Some people can be up several times a night because of it. And then it can even be some smaller aspects where, as the, again, it's the fluid retention. Some ladies have st- problem breathing through their nose through the night. And one other um, hormonal bit, which I've always found with both my pregnancies and interestingly found other ladies get, is the hormones seem to cause... Uh, an irritation towards your partner when you're sleeping in bed with them and I don't really know why that comes about I'm not sure they mention that in the medical they textbooks don't, they do don't but when you speak to a lot of ladies they find that their partner's breathing or something like that gets quite um, irritating so there are so many different levels from the, the you know the absolute discomfort to just the the the, the, the effect that the um, hormones are having on you so what, what can be done practically to overcome some of these? And some of them can't be overcome and it's a case of hanging on in there. But are there, is there anything practical that can be done? Yeah, there's lots of things that you can do if you if you kind of preempt some of these things. And one of the biggest bits of advice that I would advise from a physical point of view is invest in a really good pillow. Um, these don't have to be expensive. They can be bought quite cheaply. And if you can't afford to, to, to do that, then, you know, just, you know, even maybe just get a couple of pillows and, and sew yourself up big pillowcase so you've got a nice long pillow that you can use to wrap around your bump support your back or in between your legs during sleep so that's one of the big things that I would recommend from a physical point of view but there are so many other things that you can think about sleep that apply to anybody and as well as pregnancy get into a routine that's the most important thing you know yes your life is changing and it's overwhelming but keep a routine go to your bed at a similar time every night set an alarm to force yourself to get up at the same time so your body clock still follows that rhythm and just try and fight the the, the kind of changes to your sleep cycle keep physically active that'll tire you out be mindful of what you're eating and drinking as well. So again, if you're well hydrated, we know that that helps sleep. Avoid heavy meals right before bed. That's something all people should do for a good sleep, but particularly in pregnancy when you might be more likely to have reflux or um, more discomfort in your stomach, less room. So be mindful of that sort of thing. Have breakfast in the mornings. Not only is that a good habit to have for various different reasons, but again, our bodies are tuned into that and we naturally start to wake ourselves up shortly before the timing of us normally eating. And then it goes without saying, avoid things like caffeine and alcohol, which most pregnant ladies do anyway. And then again, attend to your mental health. Try and find a way to wind down. Try and find a way to switch off from that anxiety. And that is very, very individual because there's a lot of people and a lot of 
resources will quote don't watch tv before bed but some people find that does work for them read a book some people find that overstimulates their mind so find something that helps relax you before bed and one other thing is about thinking about your body temperature as well um so having things like warm baths warm drinks caffeine free obviously that can help because it warms up your peripheries but cools down your body core which we know is really really important for good quality restorative sleep those yeah, are fabulous a few, a few tips that i give people in general for for sleep so i think it's really really useful thank you for sharing those i think that that's the biggest thing isn't it just knowing that there's practical things that you can do during your different stages of pregnancy to get you through because each of the different trimesters you're faced with new and different changes and it's just nice to know that you've got a toolbox of of things to to fall back on to help help get you through and help support you during those yeah, times absolutely have you got any final words of encouragement for any listeners that might be pregnant again it's just about remembering that you're not alone um, I know it's a scary time and we don't know today when lockdown is going to lift, but it is not going to go on forever. I know a lot of ladies are feeling a little bit cheated just now because they may be losing their nesting time. Um, I can completely relate to that because I should be on maternity leave while my little boy is in nursery, but he is here all the time. Love him to bits, but I'm not getting that um, five hours a day of Netflix that I plan to do. Um, and I know that a lot of ladies are feeling cheated from the postnatal side of things, you know, meeting up with other mums enjoying you know walks in the park with their babies enjoying family visitors you know so it is difficult but you are not alone is the most important thing that I would say and this will not go on forever and you know the, the this child that we're bringing into the world yes these few weeks that you know that we're experiencing lockdown that is sort of overshadowing what you're going through this child is for hopefully for life and we've got many 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 fun years to come beyond covid and hopefully it will be something of the past and it'll be something that we'll be able to tell our children about when they're of an age that you can tell them stories and 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 remind them of the difficulties that you go through and i'm i'm hoping that a lot of people will take a lot of appreciation lessons um from the experience that we're going through just now and and perhaps moving forward in life there'll be things that we we don't take for granted and it might actually help nurture the lives of our children in the future so so I guess just trying to think of the positive spin on it the best that you can yeah absolutely I'm I'm really glad that we're ending on a positive note because it can feel quite overwhelming. And as someone who's um, my little boy's uh, four months now, and as someone who's bringing up a baby in lockdown, they are they are the light, aren't they? They are the bright, shining light amongst the darkness. And um, for women that are listening who are pregnant, just hang on in there because once you you, you see a little baby, um, it will all be worth it. And it, will give you a new perspective on on life and um, and they are the going to be a very special generation they of babies are. aren't they who were born into lockdown and um yeah very unique and special definitely definitely so julie thank you very much for your time today um, and best of luck for the rest of your pregnancy thank you very much helen thank you for listening to the sound living podcast For more information about the BSLM, to sign up to our newsletter or to subscribe to our membership, go to bslm.org.uk. And you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter 
at BritSocLM. Please show your support by sharing this podcast with friends, family and colleagues. If there are any specific topics you'd like us to cover, please get in touch. Until next time, stay well.